Welcome to a new episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, and I'm in France. I'm walking down a small gravel path that leads to the cottage where I've been staying for the past week, together with three of my friends, Father Henry, Father Michel, and Father Harry. We know each other from the time that we studied in Rome, and ever since we've been going on vacation for about a week or week and a half every year. And this time we went to France. It's still relatively early in the morning. I woke up at seven, had a shower, had some coffee. Fortunately, there was coffee, although the coffee machine in the cottage is broken. So this is uh, instant coffee. Not very good, but it works. Had some French bread with jam and uh, while the others are still waking up and taking a shower and getting ready for mass, I figured, you know, I might as well go out for a walk. It's a nice day. It's been raining. <laughs> Yesterday has been raining a lot. Um, oh, I'm here on a different road here. This is a more solid road that leads to, I think, that one of the villages... I, we can't even walk there, it's too far. <laughs> and then we're surrounded by farms. There's a, a big farm. I'm, actually, I think it's an abandoned farm. It looks, it looks really abandoned. It's a mess around the, the old house there. Um, but there are still some equipment and some, there's some sheds, but I don't think they're in use anymore. Which, by the way, is the case for uh, a lot of the houses that you see here in this area. Um, the, the there is a process going on that I think uh, other countries have too, where young people don't stay on the countryside anymore. They will flock to the cities. And so you have many of these villages that uh, are almost empty, or where you only have a few older people, and a lot of the houses are abandoned, or sometimes they are rented by people from the cities. So in this area, you have a lot of houses that were bought or rented by people from Belgium, uh, Paris, but they're only here in the summertime and the rest of the year they live in the cities and then these, these villages during the winter time are really really empty and uh, sometimes it's only 20% of the population that stays here over the winter. Well now that I smell I actually think that this farm or at least this this stable is still in use. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that is a strong smell of dung. Wow, I even hear some music. Is there someone playing a radio or something? Oh, there you go, I hear a radio. Oh, I see what happened. Someone arrived in a car. So I guess this is a remote farm or something like that. There's some cows there and a donkey, a big donkey. Huh, oh well. So we ended up here in the middle of nowhere where actually none of us really wanted to be. Uh, France, of course, is a wonderful country for a vacation. And uh, even though we've, we, we've, we've gone here many times, we've been to Brittany, we've been to the south and Pyrenees where we were assisting a friend of mine who is a priest there. Uh, we've been, golly, to at least four or five uh, regions already. And this year, originally, the idea was to 
go to the Auvergne, which is a beautiful region south of where we are right now. And it's very mountainous because it's, it's a, an area of volcanic, volcanic activity. And so it's a very strange, sometimes even kind of alien landscape. Beautiful, but apparently, and this all happened while I was walking the Camino in uh, Spain, so I couldn't really help. Uh, it was very hard to find a good and affordable cottage. This is another farm. This one looks, looks like there are some people here. See some uh, some uh, uh, things for kids, you know, like a, a shed, and there's here's a swing. There must be a family living there. There's a small pond, which I assume is perhaps a pond for for fishing. Um, so they couldn't find a, a a good cottage there, and for some reason, I think in the end they were afraid that they. You know the, these these houses would uh, would become more and more scarce, and so they picked this one. And when when I came back and I read the review, there was one review on the website for this cottage. It was a blistering negative review, and it basically said everything is broken in this house and dirty, and it's not good. And that's exactly what we we found. So unfortunately, it's very remote. It's uh, there's not much in the area. I mean, this is France, so you know there's no reason to complain. It's it's beautiful, it's a French countryside, but it's not <laughs> it's not the most interesting region of France. Um, and if you want to visit cities, and that's one of the things that uh, at least part of the group really enjoys to go visit museums and uh, uh, castles and that sort of stuff. You have to drive for hours <laughs> before you find anything that is of, you know, any interest. Um, the, ho the cottage itself is big. I think it's an old farm. And the peculiar thing is, it is, it, the owners were or, or still are, it's kind of unclear who owns the house, um, ha were British. Because the house is entirely British. Uh, and <laughs> for instance, like everything is still there. It's as if they left a week ago uh, and rented it out. So you come into the kitchen and you find the porridge and all sorts of spices. There's lots of stuff to make curry because the <laughs> the, 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 the the Brits love their curry. Um, but everything is a bit old and dusty. There is, of course, a toaster, which you will never find in France because, well, they have not the kind of bread that you can toast. <laughs> there is one very weird thing that apparently is, is quite quite normal, at least in part of England, and correct me if I'm wrong and if you are from, from England, but there is um, carpet in the bathroom. I mean carpet, not tiles, but carpet. And in this case the carpet has been in there for let's say a decade or two or three. And it is one of the least hygienic things I've ever seen. <laughs> it is terrible. It's, it's, you know, dampens the sound, but that's about it. But of course, when you take a shower or you go to the toilet, eh, you don't want carpet around you. <laughs> the, the bookshelves, uh, and there are many book, bookshelves that people must have loved reading, are filled with English books. 
Uh, most of them are just novels, and there's a like a, a James Bond omnibus and a, a book of a parody of Harry Potter. Um, is it was like Harry Potter? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so it's, there's not much really worth reading, and um, the, the 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 thing that struck me most was how dirty everything was. Like you have to wash every plate before you use it in every pan because well it's not really been cleaned and everything is sticky when you touch it and eesh, the floor was riddled with dead insects so they probably uh, before we came tried to disinfect the house or you know and just used uh, bug spray but they didn't even bother to sweep the floor after that and when we came in, the, like half the insect population was on the floor dying, and the other half was still flying around or, or crawling around. There were times when uh, we would be watching some Netflix. That's one of the good things here, is that they had uh, satellite internet. And uh, I took, fortunately, I took my, my Chromecast with me, so we had to move the television to a spot in the house where we could get connect to the router that was upstairs because it's thick walls, it's an old farm. Um, so it's pretty difficult to get good Wi-Fi reception in, in most of the house. But once we got the whole thing working, we were watching uh, The Crown, which is a, a great series about the royal family in England and uh, or UK. The uh, I remember this happened twice. I'm lo- I'm lo- I'm watching the series, and then in the corner of my eye, I see something big and dark crawling towards me. And both times, it was this massive, this gigantic spider. You know, like the creepy crawly ones with the big hairy legs, and kind of in my at least. I don't know, I really didn't measure, but it looked the size of a tarantula. It was horrible. And uh, some people, you know, climb onto the furniture when they see a mouse or a rat. I do that when I see a big spider like that. <laughs> and these spiders are high speed. So fortunately, Father Henry is um, more used to this kind of... Uh, <laughs> these, these, these creatures, so he got rid of them. But man... You never sit really rela- in a relaxed way when you've seen critters like that and you know that there are more in the house. And uh, just yesterday, I was even grossed out even more because I was sitting in this old chair reading. We've, I've been doing a lot of reading here on this vacation and uh, all of a sudden I feel I'm, I'm bitten in my foot. And I look and I don't see anything. I look closer and I see uh, a flea. And, and when I try to kill it, it jumps away. And I was like, oh my goodness, this house is filled with fleas. I mean, that's horrible. So apparently, that's my theory, the previous people who vacationed here had a dog or a cat that had been sitting on that same chair where I was sitting and just left the half of its fleas on the thing. And then later on, I heard some of the others had also uh, been, you know, bitten, didn't know what, what, what it was. So it's, it's apparently fleas. Oh, my goodness. Uh. 
<laughs> oh well. Anyway, uh, the thing is, so it's, the vacation, the holiday, has been very different from other vacations because normally we were in an area where we could go on on walks or tours and visit stuff. Um, in this very short vacation, because we, we didn't have much time because of our schedules. I mean, all of us are uh, living busy lives and. Two of us, uh, two of our group are full-time pastors in big parishes. And Father Michel is working in Switzerland right now for the European bishops. And he travels the world and has a busy schedule as well. I have a busy schedule because of the media. So we found, I think, a total of 10 days of which we had to travel two days to get here and two days to go back. So there's not much time left in France. Um, and we... We visited a few things. Most of the time we were just here. And I was do just doing the things that I would do at home if I would take a few days off. So I've been sleeping. And fortunately I, I was able to sleep very well. It's quiet here, as you can tell. Um, a good bed. Well, actually it's not a very good bed. But it was somehow it... it, it, it I, I don't know, I just slept very well. But the, the pillow was falling apart. There's all sorts of fluffy plastic stuff coming out of it uh, that wasn't a very good experience but anyway didn't prevent me from sleeping and then the first one of the first days I spent the entire day while the others were I think they were what were they doing doing shopping or something anyway uh, they were not here and I cleaned most of the house or at least the the ground level floor I tried to clean it as much as I could so I I um I took out, uh, cleaned the floor. I killed all the bugs. I did uh, laundry, the not the laundry, the, the washed the dishes. Um, in, in the, the dishes that were already in the cupboards, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I uh, spent some time cooking. That was fun. It was fun, and, and then some reading. It's a very very quiet day. Nothing too spectacular. And one day we. Um, it's just a few days ago we went to the Auvergne region. That was about a two-hour drive to get there and visited a town, small town called uh, Clermont-Ferrand, which is really nothing special. It's, it's a small, small French town, nice cathedral. And then from there we drove into the area with the volcanoes and we climbed the biggest one, the most famous one, and. Very touristy, but still, still pretty cool. I always love being out in the open, and uh, from on top of the volcano, you had a really beautiful view of the surroundings. So that was cool. And uh, gosh, we we went to Sunday mass here in one of the villages. That's always also something a bit of an outing for us because we always celebrate mass ourselves. So every once in a while, it's kind of interesting to to be in a mass, a regular parish mass, in a situation that you don't know with a priest you don't know. This was kind of an interesting guy <laughs> who like half the mass was a bit like really old fashioned. Um, lots of things like remainders of the, the times before the Second Vatican Council. But then he mixed it in with the, the French things and um, like after communion, he gathered all the children in the church. I have to say the church was packed. 
which is quite surprising, um, especially in France, because it's a very secularized country. So I was surprised to see many families and also apparently lots of people that weren't Catholic but still were at Mass, so perhaps also people that were vacationing in the area. And so he gathered all the children and, and he had a guitar and he sat down with the children. This guy must be in his 70s and he was singing uh, a, a song with the children and said a little prayer. Like, but the prayer was was very old-fashioned. It was, was some kind of a litany that he was doing with the children. But it was a litany from the 50s or earlier, I don't know. So it was this weird mix of um, of, of old-fashioned and, and kind of French sensibility and then the 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 way he spoke was very very simple his homily was really not very good <laughs> um but i could tell that the the people behind me for instance uh they reacted to the homily because he was talking to them i mean it's their language and kind of examples that they understood so anyway it was uh, an interesting experience uh, that's about it. <laughs> now, I've been um, I've been dreaming a lot here, which is always weird. When I'm on vacation and I sleep well, I tend to remember the dreams that I dream much better than at home. And um, and these dreams are always about things that are not related to the place where I am at that moment. I had that during the Camino. I'm there walking in Spain, and I always dreamt about home. This time I had more spectacular dreams, almost, like movies. Uh, I remember vividly a dream that I had the day before yesterday, uh, where I woke up in the middle of the night after having dreamt that I was an exorcist. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And uh, people had called me. I think I was still an apprentice exorcist or something like that. An exorcist, for those of you that don't know what that is, is someone who, um, every diocese in the Catholic Church has one. It's a priest who can help uh, when there is a suspected case of, of demonic possession. And yes, that is still a thing in the Catholic tradition. where um, and, and usually, this is nothing like what you see in movies, but these people are usually very qualified in... You know, I've done studies in psychology and everything. Because you need to do a very good assessment to what's going on. And many of the things that you, at first glance, may seem inexplicable and and demonic and people weird behavior could also be just explained by psychological issues. Uh, and, and then someone, of course, would need psychiatric help instead of the help of a priest. But there are cases where the Catholic Church says, well, this could be after you know consideration and study this could this this could be a, a case where the devil is at work and perhaps prayers would be the best um remedy to keep the 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 devils or the demons at bay and so i dreamt that i was called to visit the family and uh one of the people i don't remember who it was but was possessed and started displaying these weird this weird behavior and strange languages and and creepy stuff and <laughs> and uh and i i would try to pray and then the, the you know all of a sudden that this this person would speak with a really weird creepy voice it's i don't know the details it wasn't 
as spectacular as in you know the the movie The Exorcist, dude. Good morning to you too. <laughs> That's my friend the donkey. I think he uh, he needs some coffee. <laughs> He's very he seems very upset. I don't know why. <laughs> and um, there you go, good boy. Or girl, I don't know. <laughs> Can't tell from this distance. Um, so, uh, so I wake up in the middle of that exorcism prayer or whatever, and it's dark, and this house is like, uh, it's old. So everything is like the wind was causing doors down the stairs to, to creak and to, you know, uh, make sounds. And, and I could hear the rustling in the trees and strange birds outside. And this is one of the few times in my life that I, I, I didn't want to go back to sleep because I was afraid that the dream would continue. So weird. And I keep wondering, well, why am I dreaming this stuff? What is going on? Um, that, I don't know. I'm not a very good you know, explainer of dreams. Um, but it was interesting. And then afterwards, I remember falling back, uh, uh, sleeping, sleeping some more and dreaming a totally different dream whereas I was on this kind of James Bond mission in the Caribbean and <laughs> on speedboats and everything like the total opposite so strange and um, I had some more dreams and, and a lot of these dreams are of kind of, of alternative lives it's that they don't reflect the life that I live but they, they, it's a dream world and that's funny, that brings me, you may wonder, oh, why, why do you keep going on about these dreams? But it's an issue, it's a topic that I've been thinking about quite a bit uh, during this vacation. And of course we talk, we, we all have kind of the same age, so we're all approaching 50. And strangely enough, we all consider ourselves to be young priests. Which of course, you know, statistically may be the case because there are so many older priests... But factually, it's not the case. We're almost 50, which means we're old. <laughs> At least we're older than a lot of the other... I don't know. We're getting older. And getting older and advancing in life is a, is a, a very peculiar process. Um, and for everyone, it's different. And we react different to these things. It's probably because I do these recordings quite a bit that I have more specific occasions to think about these topics and so I think I've, I've talked about getting older and the effects it has on your body and on your life uh, multiple times in the past and for me it has to do with accepting that um, every time of your life has its own grace uh, I think the art of getting older is the art of embracing what's n- what's next instead of looking back and mourning what you've lost. That, uh, of course, it's a very natural thing to do. And uh, like most people, I have these nostalgic moments where I think back of the times in my life where I was super happy and things happened. Sometimes you, you, you smell something that brings you back like 40 years in time. Or you hear a song on the radio and you know exactly what you were doing when you first heard that song on the radio when you were still young. Um, And maybe you are at a point in your life where 
your life is not as cool as it used to be. Or you, you, you go through troublesome times and you think back, longing back to those times where everything seemed to be so easy and so, so nice and happy. Well, um, when, when we reminisce as a group, we often talk about the, our time in Rome and we, we, we studied there for two years and some people, some of our group, Father Michel, Father Harry, stayed in Rome much longer, several years. Um, but it was a wonderful time. We had to work hard. The study was pretty strenuous for most of us. But it was also a beautiful time and discovering the church there and the just being so close to the gravitational center of the Catholic Church and seeing the Pope like twice a week. That's yeah, that's amazing. Um, but for for me, it's it's a, it's a great time that I had, but I wouldn't go back in time because it opened a future for me and, and a life that it that that I've been building on top of what I've learned there in in, in Rome. And I, for those of you that don't know, I, I was studying uh, social communications there, so media. I learned to make television and radio. Uh, but if I would have been stuck in that nostalgia, there wouldn't be enough uh, space to 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 advance. It's like so. Getting older, the art of getting older, I think, is letting go of the good times and open yourself to whatever is coming next. And those can be good times. Those can be more difficult times. But it will always be something that is part of your journey in life and that will teach you things that will make you stronger. You know, it's, it's very true what they say. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. It is, but only if you let it. And so the funny thing about these dreams is they, they sometimes show you this alternate life. What if I was an exorcist instead of a media priest? What if I was this secret agent in the Caribbean on a race boat and had never been a priest, had never heard of the Catholic faith, my life would be different. Not necessarily worse or, or, or better, but very different. But every time I wake up, I'm glad to be me and to be living this life. We also talked a lot about, you know, opportunities in life. And I remember... 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I think 15 years ago, we were in, in, in Rome and we often spoke about the future in terms of what's yet to come and the, the, the plans that we had and our ambitions and our dreams and our ideals. And now, you know, 17 years later, you look back and a lot of those dreams and plans were not realized. And our lives have often been very different sometimes much more exciting than we thought, sometimes perhaps less exciting. Um, and that could make you sad because you know that uh, the, the, your time is running out. If, you know, when, once you get 50, it's only 20 years away from being 70. I mean, 70 is only 10 years away from being 80. So uh, I'm here at the cottage, let's see. Father Henry there is outside. My goodness, I still, I still have some time for Mass here. I think I still have about a few minutes left to wrap things up. Um, the, uh, 
and and I was talking with Father Harry about this, and he walked, as you know, the Camino uh, two years ago. It was uh, the inspiration for me to go walk the Camino, and both the both of us uh, had to admit that the Camino there was like our life before the Camino and our life after the Camino, and both he and I strongly experienced uh, this affirmation that the road that you go, if you are traveling with God, it is exactly where you are supposed to be. And that's not necessarily um, the dream <laughs> that, you, that you had tw- 10 years ago. The most important thing is that you walk whatever life brings you with God. And then it's always good, even if it's, you know, not as good as you thought it would be. But the happiness in your life doesn't depend on the job that you have or the place where you live or how much you possess or all those external things. What makes a person happy and a priest happy is the realization that you are with the Lord and that where he is, you want to be. And it's not the opposite. And oftentimes when we dream and when we plan, we tend to leave God out of the equation. And so we, we make these plans, and there's nothing wrong with making plans or being ambitious. Don't get me wrong, I've been... A lot of the things that I've accomplished in life were because I had these wacky ideas and strange... But the most important thing is that I, I wanted God to be there. But oftentimes we make plans, and then at the very end, we start to pray so that God may join our, our wonderful plan and we'll may put everything in place to make it happen. Which God not always does, because sometimes our ways are not His. And He may have traced a different path in front of us that we don't want to go to. And that is, that when I look to the future, that may very well happen. There may be a time, and we, we are, the, most of us are in a situation where we've been for many years. I've been in my current parish for 13 years. Uh, Father Henry, same thing. Um, Father Michel has been in Switzerland for, what is it, five, six years? Uh, Father Harry has been in his parish for pff, ever since he came back from Rome. So that's also 13 years. Um, and so we all know that it's very well possible that in the future we will get a call and our bishop will ask us to go elsewhere. And none of us really want to move because we're settled. We're, we're you know, more or less happy with <laughs> our current situation. And we've accomplished things and... Uh, and of course, we, sometimes we dream about the future, but what we don't really want to dream about or think about is when someone else determines the path uh, to go. And we will be sent to a place where we don't want to go or where we don't know anyone and we have to start all over again, etc., etc. And I think uh, what the Camino taught me is, the, is to be content with the fact that you are living your life with God and He is there right by your side and He will also be there wherever life will send you. And and that's the only thing that truly matters because all in all, it is a big world out there and we are all very small, insignificant people. If you look at the age of the of the universe, we're nothing, we're not even a blip on the radar that we would be overestimating our importance. But what truly matters is what goes beyond time and space. And that is, uh, that's God himself. He's, he is the only 
one who truly matters and who can make my life matter. And, and that's the beauty of, of getting older, is that you, the more you get older, the less... The more, at least, I realized that I did not accomplish that many things. And then 90% of my dreams were never became a reality. But I'm at, well, at least I feel right now, I'm at, I'm at peace with that. Because I've discovered something that's much more important than the things that I accomplish. Or the projects that I realize and the reach I have on, in the media, etc. None of that matters. What matters is that, I, that God has been able to reach me and has changed my life forever and will continue to do that and will be this ongoing presence not just in this life but also when I'm like 80 or 90 and, or dead <laughs> he will still be there and all the other things that I've done and build up all of it will be gone and when I looked around in the cottage and I saw all that old stuff that these previous owners of the, of the house gathered you know, the, the kitchen with a gazillion plates and pots and pans and most of it is broken. And when you look at all those books that perhaps once were read but nobody will ever touch anymore and they're all gathering dust there. And th these people were almost hoarders. I mean, the house is so stuffed with, with just junk. You, you realize, again, it's like an example of of the things that perhaps they they gathered and they valued and they paid for and and now it's old and decayed and forgotten and we're just looking at that with like just clean up this mess it's junk it helps you rel to relativize the things in your own life that you cling on to my possessions my <laughs> collections the things that i think are so important five years from now ten years from now who will still care? The things that truly, and this is not to be negative about that, because, or to condemn that we gather things or have collections or possessions, not, none of that. But what matters is that beyond that, you have something that is deeper, more important, and has more value than the things that we build, that we buy, that we gather. And that is our relationship with God. Because that's, that's what will remain. It's love that will remain. It's our relationships. It's our friendships. That we will still nurture um, in, in the future. It's like family, you know. No matter how old you become, the bonds of the family will always be there. Even if not all of them are perfect. But you're still family. Even when someone dies in your family... That person in your heart is still family. And we believe, I believe, that those relationships are not gone. And one day we will all be together. And then what will remain? <laughs> of all the things that we thought were important, it's the friendship. That will be the lasting treasure that we will have in heaven. It's our relationship with each other. It's our relationship with God. And so that is... What, that's the beauty of getting older, is that the more you grow, the more you learn, the more occasions you have to solidify that bond. And 
And the more also life purifies it. Because there are a lot of things that you think are, are, you have to do with your relationship with God, but there are just projections. There are desires, our dreams that we project onto God. But sometimes, you know, the hardship in life can purify this, this bond that we feel and, and strengthen it. And I've seen that so often in the life of my parishioners that I've accompanied, where uh, even terrible diseases or cancer or terminal situations have helped people tremendously to, to re-strengthen the bond with God and with their families and friends. And for an outsider, it would seem like a, a defeat and something that has lost its value. But I've seen many people grow in life and their life became more valuable because the things that truly mattered came to the forefront and all the rest kind of fell away. Um, and that's, that's kind of the thing. So when I go back home... When we leave this small cottage and I go back to Amersfoort, to my relatively modern apartment, you know, I won't really miss the things here. Certainly won't miss the creepy crawlers here in the house and the dirty plates. But my life won't be that different from the life that I had this week. And I can still go on walks and I can still pray and celebrate Mass. And it doesn't really matter if I'm in France or in the Netherlands in a spectacular region with mountains and cliffs or in good old medieval Amersfoort with the flat countryside that surrounds it as long as I'm there with God it's the best place to be well thank you so much I have to hurry back home and we have to celebrate mass but thank you for listening to uh, this short podcast uh and the next time you'll hear me, I'll be back in Amersfoort and we'll talk some more. Uh, go to tridio.com for more of our shows, T-R-I-D-E-O.com. And follow Father Roderick both on Facebook and on Twitter. And I'm so glad to have my name back on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Father Roderick. So it's now the same as on Twitter. Very easy to follow. And that's where you may also be able to see some of the photos of my vacation in case you're wondering what it all looks like. I didn't take any pictures of the creepy crawler, so I was too scared. Take care. God bless.